The dust is settling on the Kim and Kim Ang News experience. We're looking ahead. Who's going to be coming in? No one knows. No one knows at this point. Craig Mish starting to talk about Josh Bell, his gut feel. He's going to be opting out. Where does that put the Marlins at first base? No Guriel, no Josh Bell, no Garakuba. Is it Troy Johnson season? Wait to see. This is Locked on Marlins. You are Locked on Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England and welcome to Locked On Marlins. This is your daily Marlins podcast. I'm your host, Peter Pratt. Hit me up, of course, on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Miami Marlins underscore UK. If you're listening to the pod, of course, hit subscribe. It's your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Marlins your first listen of the day. There is a YouTube channel, of course, guys. Make sure you hit subscribe there also. It is called Locked On Marlins. Make sure you hit subscribe. If you will, uh, if you are watching, you've got the graphics. We have a rundown. We're ready to rock and roll. Equally, there is no guest. Solo pod. But this episode is sponsored by FanDuel. And you can make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets. Guaranteed. That was in caps, by the way. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Guys, it's Thursday, the 19th of October. There's a few topics to get into here. A lot of Kimang discussion continues. Great to see Craig Mish hopping on with Eli and the gang, digging into that one. Great episode. Make sure you dig into that. A few nuggets in there that I think are interesting. Interesting Craig Mish's view on this one, a balanced view. Um, and it's, you know, it, it continues to be an evolving story with Kimang, with Bruce. I kind of covered it yesterday, just kind of looking back, just thinking. You know, there's maybe more than me, you know, more than meets the eye on this one. And equally, it isn't all just about Kim Ang. It's about getting, you know, getting the Marlins where they need to be. And this will continue to rumble on. However, what is rumbling on? I just want to call this out. I want to start here. This is kind of non-Marlins talk, but I think it's important to call it out. I'm interested to get everyone, you know, we're all Marlins fans that listen to this part, particularly this type of episode. We're all Marlins fans. The MLB postseason continues to rumble on. Um, how is anyone engaging with the postseason now? Like the Marlins exited in the wild card. What happens then? You know, what what was what was the next step for you guys? Did you continue watching? Did you then watch thinking, hey, Phillies Braves, I'm all in on that. I want to watch every pitch of that one. I don't know. I'm intrigued. I was kind of loosely following it, but I certainly didn't watch any of the games. I don't think I've watched... Um, have I watched any? I think I did maybe watch one of the Phillies Braves games, one of the early ones that was kind of UK-friendly. But I haven't watched a ton. There's been quite a lot of baseball games since then. Not a lot of them that close, it seems. I don't know, guys. I'm... Has MLB got a postseason problem? Like, does anyone care? Is <laughs> anyone watching? And I guess the, the fan bases of the teams that are in it, they seem to be, you know, in it, right? But 
it feels like this is kind of different to like the NFL when their their playoffs get kind of into the groove and you get into the latter parts and it feels like all eyeballs are on those playoff games huge games a lot of storylines they're really good at creating these storylines major league baseball and the, and the postseason does it just kind of continue on at this like low level low energy pace i know like you know i know citizens bank park is loud and the phillies fans are great it's fine. But is anyone else actually watching? I don't know. It's a kind of a weird one. Like, we love this sport. We love the Marlins. I love the Marlins. I don't watch anyone else. I, I don't feel the same about baseball apart from when the Marlins play. Watching the Diamondbacks against the Phillies, I mean, there's zero juice in that one. Zero. I know it's... I know it's the NLCS, but like that is, you know, particularly now it switches back over to Arizona. I mean, talk about zero juice, zero juice. I know a lot of people are against the Astros and they want to see them, you know, not do well. There may be a lot of people pulling for like the Texas Rangers on that one. But, you know, again, you know, maybe there's a bit more juice on the AL side. Maybe it's just the NL. But uh, let me know, guys. Let me know what you're thinking. Like, it's kind of weird that. We watch a 162 the whole year, 161 and a and nine tenths, I guess, for the Marlins or eight ninths. We watch that in its entirety. And at times there was some, you know, good moments. There were some not so good moments. And then you get to what should be the bit where you get like all of the good teams playing all of the time. And in theory, they should be where you get like your maximum eyeballs. But I'm just intrigued. Like, does that actually work in practice? Is anyone watching? Is anyone watching the postseason? I'm not sure. Let me know. Let me know what you think. And does does Major League Baseball just have a general problem with the postseason? Maybe they don't. They've obviously got more games now. Um, and that's a good thing in general. Like they're, they're all money spinners, but I don't know. It just feels a bit kind of lifeless to me at this point. Maybe it's the teams involved. Maybe it's the fact it's not the Braves playing the Dodgers or whatever it might be. You know, I get it, but let me know what you think. Another topic for today. I want to talk about stick or twist. That is on the rundown, you'll see. And I want to start this, I guess, this segment maybe. That's the best way to phrase it. This segment over the next couple of weeks, stick or twist. What do the Marlins do this offseason? Stick or twist, regarding a specific player or position group, let's say. We have to talk about Josh Bell. Craig Mish was on, like I mentioned, with the Fish on First guys, which is great to see. Um, he did give his opinion, his his own opinion. This isn't his his reporting that it's this will happen, just his opinion on Josh Bell. And he expects Josh Bell to opt out. For the Marlins. I also want to talk about one surprise trade candidate going out from the Marlins uh, in this offseason. Whoever the GM may be, whoever the president of baseball operations or chief baseball officer or whatever title it ends up being. But I think there's maybe one or two surprises that will happen with some names that maybe you wouldn't expect to. So we'll talk about that as well. Let's talk about our. First, let's do our first ad. It's probably the right time. Then we'll talk about Stick or Twist and Josh Bell and then end the episode with a surprise trade. So 
This episode is brought to you by our good friends over at FanDuel. As I've already mentioned, uh, we need the graphics up too, so let's get them pumped. Oh, there we go. Let's go. Let's go on the FanDuel. Guys, October baseball is back. As already mentioned, it's hyped. <laughs> you can make your postseason debut with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Join FanDuel today, and you'll get started with $200 in bonus bets, guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to create your new account. Then you can get in on the action from the first pitch until the final out. Bet on everything from strikeouts to home runs to who will win the game. And if you don't want to wait the whole game to get that dub, predict what will happen in the next at-bat with quick bets. So head on over to FanDuel.com slash locked on right now. Step up to the plate this postseason with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. All right, guys, you are here with me, Peter Pratt, on Thursday, the 19th of October. And whilst I have slightly lambasted the MLB postseason, we're going to talk about the Marlins now. Segue back there. And we'll see what happens in the rest of this postseason. It feels like it's wait- awaiting a spark. There was like maybe one game earlier on. Was it the Phils and Braves? Like there was one good game, but... It feels like the postseason has just been bereft of any good games, close games maybe. Like, is the feedback, I haven't watched any, so I don't know. But, like, I don't know. It just feels a bit kind of lifeless, which is disappointing for a sport we love. Nevertheless, it doesn't really matter at this phase. Like, a lot of people are going to be tuning in, and the sponsors are, you know, they're getting what they want out of it. The players are too. But let's talk about stick or twist. A new segment here, and I want to start with the catcher position. Um, I think this is a one of the most intriguing stick or twist situations. And obviously, like there's going to be a new GM or whatever they may be called, but let's just assume it's a new GM. So whatever we think we know about the roster, however things have played out thus far, we can just scrap it. Yes, Skip Schumacher is still around, obviously, and his staff at the main right now is still around. But... All of those kind of leading indicators, all of those little insights around how someone was managed and et cetera, et cetera. Let's put it in the bin. Let's forget about it. It's going to be a new GM in town, maybe a new way of operating. Who knows? There's going to be a lot of change going on in the front office. And so people are going to have different opinions, which creates, you know, will create some decisions that maybe you don't see coming. And that's certainly what I see on the kind of stick or twist situation. Catcher, let's start there. You've got Jacob Stallings, as I mentioned on the arbitration episode a few episodes back. Stallings entering final year of ARB. He's owed a ton of dough, considering the production. Three and a half million, four million, whatever it might be, something in that range. You've then got Nicky Fortes, pre-ARB, on Nick Fortes. I want to start with Nick Fortes because as a young pre-arb guy with the progression defensively with Nick Fortes. I'm inking Nick Fortes onto the roster. I think for the salary, for the looks, he's a stud, by the way, Nick Fortes, isn't he? The defensive ability behind the plate. I I think Nick Fortes is miles better defensively than Jacob Stallings is, to be honest with you. I am saying they absolutely stick with Nick Fortes. Big stick Nick returns in 24. No doubt about it. 
I mean, whether he starts is the next question. And that is the big question, is will, would, would the Marlins and Skip Schumacher trust Nick Fortes to step up into that start and catch a role? You'd be gambling. You'd be gambling on that one, I'd say. It's been, you know, let's remember with Nick Fortes, he, he basically just ascended from nowhere in what? Back end of 2022, he wasn't even on the roster to start the 2022 campaign, which was a turgid campaign as well. He then arrived on the roster at the back end, finished it well. Actually, he finished it well in 2021. I think he hit a home run on the final game of the year against the Phils, if I remember correctly, 2021. Then he wasn't on the opening day roster. I think it was Peyton Henry. Then Fortes took over and Peyton Henry was, you know, sent where he needed to be sent to. I don't know where that was, but he gone. Um, but Nick Fortes for me, like it's defensively that he has progressed incredibly really has. I, uh, when he first came up, I was like, okay, he's like a, a, a late blooming stick first catcher who needs to work quite, you know, quite a bit on his, on his defense and his blocking and all sorts of stuff. Now he's, he's like a defensive stud back there. I think I haven't looked at the metrics, but. That's just my, that's like what the eye test says to me. Nick, and particularly in that, those postseason games when Nick Fortes was starting, I mean, man, oh man, like, you know, day after day, those, those two games, balls are getting spiked. Lozado wasn't quite on that game. I know it wasn't Lozado's best start ever. And he, Nick Fortes was out there blocking slider after slider in the dirt like you wouldn't believe. It was so incredible. Really impressive. So, Nick Fortes, nailed on. Jacob Stallings, baby. What's happening with Stallings? Where, where's everyone else's heads at with Stallings? Because they truly have a decision to make here. They truly have a stick or twist situation. Jacob Stallings, he's been around for a couple of years with the Marlins. The stick has never been there. He's the slowest guy I've ever seen to first base. Every now and again, he'll find a way to ground a single or he'll lace a double and look to the, the bench in disbelief. <laughs> I mean, Jacob Stallings, baby, as nice a guy as he seems to be, as hyped up as he was behind the dish, Jacob Stallings has underwhelmed behind the plate and with the stick in his hand. Jacob Stallings should absolutely, in my opinion, be nowhere near the Marlins roster in 2024. Nowhere near. They need to trim costs. The roster, the other parts of the roster, the guys that are progression through ARB, you know, they're getting more expensive. Arias is getting a big pay bump. Tana Scott, Lozado, Jazz, Jesus Sanchez. These guys are all getting pay bumps. Significant ones too. Stallings, he is, he is absolutely not worth the money. So, in my opinion, and I'm 99% sure on this at this point, and like I said earlier, whatever you think you know about this roster, with new, you know, GM and another, you know, with a shakeup in the front office, you have to be careful. But as the year went on, I started to sense that Fortes was taking more of the playing time. Sandy's down for the year. You know, personal catcher for Sandy. Well, there is no Sandy. That effectively makes Jacob Stallings redundant. 
I think he's non-tendered. Jacob Stallings, I think they go in a different direction. It wouldn't shock me if they go internal, to be honest with you. I don't know what that looks like because, frankly, we haven't seen anyone else at catcher because those guys, whilst they weren't great, <laughs> they were Iron Men. Absolute Iron Men. They didn't, not, neither of them missed any time last year. So we haven't got a chance to see anyone else up at the big league level. I haven't had my eyeballs on anyone. But there's Will Banfield and there's other dudes, and we'll see. Maybe, you know, there's Georgie Alfaro that they brought back and, you know, had, had a triple A. They go back to Georgie Alfaro, could they? I mean, listen, could you imagine it? Like they go, you know, Mike Hill's back. I don't know, David Samson's back. Georgie Alfaro's back. Man, oh man, I might have to, I might start believing that Lewis Brinson could be back, baby. I mean, they do need a fourth outfield. I could see Brins. <laughs> I could see Brins. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if Brins ends up back? I mean, oh my days. Oh my days. Anyway, Jacob Stallings, he got to go. He's got to go and he will go. He will not be back with the Marlins, 99% certain of that. You cannot pay $3.5 million for a personal catcher of a guy who's missing for the year. You just can't. He was putrid last year um, and has to go. I think Nick Fortes has a real good chance of being the 60% starter. Uh, I think there's a good chance as well the Marlins stay internal on catcher. They need to trim costs right now. Um, maybe they get a guy on a minor league deal who ends up being like a, another defensive catcher, but I think the Marlins are going to go ultra cheap at catcher um, and stay ultra cheap, uh, and that involves moving Jacob Stallings on. Uh, non-tendering him, uh, and probably Nick Fortes gets a starting gig. Uh, guys, this episode is also brought to you by our good friends over at Bird Dogs. So, guys, firstly on the Bird Dogs, if you want to look good and you want to look sexy, these are the shorts for you. No doubt about it. Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit sli slimmer through that fine leg area, giving you that sculpted look. Woo! Um, they do the exact same thing as the Lululemons, but fit way better. And they fit better than those regular shorts with that stiff, restricting cotton. Bird dig, bird digs, bird dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. And they use that anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. And here's the kicker, guys. Here is the kicker. They are functional for any occasion, any single occasion. That includes the golf course. You're still playing golf now in October. We are certainly not in the UK, but I know you Floridians will be. Date night. Yes, sir. Do you wear shorts on a date night? Just checking. Evenings out. Pools. Pool parties. Workouts. Lounging around at home. Working from home. These shorts do it all, baby. All you have to do to get in on the action here, go to birddogs.com slash MLB or enter the promo code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout for a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on MLB for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. All right, guys. Final segment here with me, Peter Pratt. Thursday, the 19th of October. Stick or twist that catcher. The Marlins will stick with one and twist on another. Fortes will remain and he probably will start. He will probably start and be the Marlins' primary catcher in 2024. Jacob Stallings, final year of arbitration. The Marlins will not pick it up. He will be non-tendered, and I don't think he will be traded. I think Jacob Stallings will be.
be gone, released. We'll wait to see. Josh Bell, Craig Mish got into this one. Craig Mish got into this, talking about Hoy Soler. That's a no-brainer. Soler's opting out, we know that. Josh Bell, though, uh, he said, Craig Mish was talking about it, saying this week he was expecting to try to dig in, try to get a sense. What are you saying, Josh Bell? Are you leaning towards staying? You want to go? How's this going to play out? All of a sudden, obviously, the K-Mang news, it drops, distracts, distracts our man, Craig. So we have no, we have no knowledge, specific knowledge anyway. But what we have is Craig's gut. Craig's gut is telling him he's going to opt out. I've been on this pod saying I expect Josh Bell to opt in. Oh, man. My record is poor. Very poor. So if I'm thinking something's going to happen, likely the opposite will happen. And that will be exactly what Craig Mish is suggesting. And listen, that is going to be a very intriguing situation. Should Josh Bell opt out? Um, opt out of that $16.5 million? That's a lot of money to opt out of, by the way. A lot of money. But he may well think his couple of months with the Marlins, and he actually performed pretty well in that wildcard series too, like for all that's worth. But, you know, most of the offense was stone cold. Josh Bell was like the only dude that looked alive, which is good to see. Josh Bell was great. He was great for the Marlins. They wanted him. They saw him, you know, in the offseason, they wanted him. Couldn't get a deal done. Goes to the Guardians. Ends up back in the Marlins. 16 and a half. Ton to turn down. But does he think there's a two-year 30? Does he? Is he trying to re-up? Is he trying to get the same deal? Is that what he's after? Could the Marlins give him that? This is the problem. This is what I spoke about as well. Like the fact that They've now got, they've got no Kim and no president of the baseball ops or whatever role. Kim's boss, the projected Kim's boss, if that's how we want to look at it. They've basically got no one to do anything at this point. Like, this could be the moment where you're having these conversations. I mean, someone else could have the conversation, right? But it's not optimal. It's not optimal where you maybe start to enter in this phase of like, negotiation phase the player doesn't know what's happening no kim you basically got bruce sherman and a couple of assistant gms that's who you got <laughs> you're gonna commit to that and skip schumacher of course who's an absolute stud but you know it doesn't put the, the club in the greatest negotiation position at this current moment wait to see how fast this goes i think that's another really intriguing thing is like bruce sherman Talking about this strategy, this change of direction, there's, there's bringing in this extra person, maybe extra couple of people, I don't know. It's going to be so intriguing to see at what pace he goes and how long these positions are vacant. But it's a huge offseason for the Marlins. Josh Bell's going to be one of them. But Craig thinks he's opting out. I think he's opting in. Craig is often right. I'm often wrong. Take that information as you will. But if he does opt out, then boy, oh boy. Coop's gone. You've then got Guriel. He's gone. As is Josh. Like, they were thin at first base, thin already. If Josh Bell goes, then that's a huge dent here for this offense that was starting to look kind of tasty. A lot of people will say, well, if Josh Bell goes, it's fine. You can slide Luis Arias into first base. And then maybe Xavier Edwards kind of steps up and takes that second base um, role. I'd love to see Xavier Edwards get a bit more of a go. I think he's an absolute stud in the making. Really is. He's a, he's a Arias 2.0, frankly. But 
and I feel like I've said this before in this episode. I probably have because I do episodes like five, five of them a week. So I probably have said this. But Luis Arias's value is realized at second base, where he becomes the best second baseman in baseball. And he's he can he can absolutely make it work defensively. If you slide Luis Arias to first base, then this club loses you know, a potential, you know, you need those corners to be delivering. You can't have a sing, a glorified singles hitter. I'm, I'm, I'm joking, but you can't have a guy just hitting singles playing first base. It doesn't work. It doesn't work for the balance of the club. As we saw, you need Berger to hit bombs. You need Bell to hit bombs. You need Soler to hit bombs. Like you have to hit bombs to win games. Clutch hits in big spots win games. That's why the Marlins were able to do it. Soler kept them alive early on. They had no one else. No one else to hit that big three-run blast, two-run blast. Then Berger and Bell joined. Jazz was back too. And you saw it. You know, the Marlins were never dead. But they they can't slide Arias to first base just because simply he's done it before. He's not a first baseman. He's a middle infielder. He's a second baseman. Play him there. It would be, in my opinion, a poor decision to go with that. You know, slide Arias, get Xavier Edwards. But that kind of takes me into it. Talking about a surprise trade candidate. This does blend into Xavier Edwards a touch. I I do wonder, I do wonder with Xavier Edwards kind of emerging, performing, and I do wonder about John Birdie and the future of John Birdie with the Marlins He's one of them guys, he's underrated, heavily underrated. And actually, the the Marlins have got a nice kind of club option on on Birdie. They entered that kind of two-year extension arbitration thing last year. But John Birdie, everyone takes it for granted. But I do wonder about Birdie. The fact that they've got Hampson, who's kind of a bit cheaper. The fact that they've got Xavier Edwards, who's definitely cheaper and can do it as well. Start to look around and think, like they, okay, they they have a gap at shortstop, so this kind of pertains to what they do with shortstop. But do they really trust Birdie and Hampson and Xavier Edwards mixing a match in short? I don't think they do. Long run, I think Birdie's got a ton of value as a util guy that teams will really, you know, will see significant value in. I think the Marlins going to need to beef up this roster, and in some ways, I think John Birdie could be a luxury that actually they could do without. They've got so many guys on the roster, so many, that are kind of similar to John Birdie too. He stole all them bags a few years ago. He didn't steal as many this year. He ended the year strong, starting at shortstop as well. But he's one for me as a sneaky surprise trade candidate where, you know, another club really values what Birdie does and the cost, low cost. In the grand scheme, I could just see I've got a sneaky feeling about John Birdie. I think he's so valuable to the Marlins, actually, so valuable as well. So it'd be tough, but I think they have other guys that can kind of fill that John Birdie role if indeed a trade works well. Because, well, as we've all been speaking about the last couple of days, this whole situation that Kim was facing into of we have to keep trading all of the farm to keep the major league product going. Well, they've run out out of the farm. The farms, (laughs) there is nothing left. 
So you've got to start working from the fringe guys on the major league roster, maybe. So, sneaky one. No one's talking about John Birdie. I'm thinking about Birdie. I'm thinking about him in a way where he could be expendable because there's other utility guys knocking around. Birdie's progressing along in terms of his, you know, his control. I'd keep my eye out on that one. That probably means he won't go anywhere. He'd probably be starting shortstop um, if, uh, <laughs> if my predictions are anything to go by. But guys, that's been Locked on Marlins for Thursday, the 19th of October. How you feel about this postseason? Let me know in the comments. For me, I've been underwhelmed by it. I don't really watch a ton of postseason once the Marlins are gone. I don't find much pleasure in baseball beyond watching the Marlins, which is kind of sad in some ways, but kind of amazing for the year we've just had. Stick or twist? What are the Marlins going to do with catcher? I think they stick with Fortes and he starts, and I think they twist on Jacob Stallings, and he is non-tendered. Josh Bell, does he opt out? Craig Mish thinks he will. I don't think he will, which probably means he will opt out. Does that mean Troy Johnson? is going to get the opportunity. We didn't see anything of him at all because, you know, they had options. There was no need to. But wait to see on that one. Equally surprise trade in the brewing. Yeah, kind of in the brewing. It's not really in the brewing, but surprise trade in my mind anyway. John Birdie traded away. Expendable. A lot of value with that utility role. One of the best utility guys in the league. But I personally think the Marlins have got a few others that could fill that position if indeed they look to move Birdie for something that the Marlins truly do need. Appreciate you making Lockdown Marlins your first listen of the day. I look forward to seeing you guys tomorrow. We'll see you then.